0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Vayigash Shani, the second Aliyah in Pashas Vayigash. This is the Aliyah we've been waiting for. It's the cracks of the moment where everything comes together. It is the moment of the revelation of Yosef. Our Aliyah is short but powerful. It is 11 psukim long ranging from Perak Memdalad Lamad Aleph to Memhei Pasuk Zion. Let's take a look at a brief summary and then consider some of the points to ponder. So we hear that Yehuda continues his conversation and he says that if he goes back to his father, and Binyamin is not with him, his father will die um, in, in sorrow. And therefore he says, if I, if this is going to happen, I'll be eternally in debt to my father, I'll send to him, and how can I, how can you allow this situation to be? How can I see the evil befall my father? Yosef then, at this point in time Yosef cannot hold back, and he uh, he has all these courtiers around him. He sends them out, so that they are not here when he reveals himself to his brothers. And he ra- he raises his voice in crying. Every is able to hear this voice of his, and he says the famous words: "Ani yosef haod avi I am your safe. Is my father still alive?" And his brothers were not able to answer him. Because they were they were confused. They were in in fear, in front of him. So Yosef then asks them to come close. Again, the name of our parasha, the, the coming close once again. And he says, I'm Yosef. You sold me to Mitzrayim, but don't be upset. I don't get angry because about, you, about selling me because it was for the sake of salvation because I was able to sustain the entire world with the ideas, with the wherewithal, with my plans. I was able to sustain the world through this famine. So this is the end of Aaliyah, a very, very powerful idea over here. First point to, to notice is, why is it that he asks the Egyptians to leave, leave? After all, they're about to hear him when he cries out. So why is that? So Rashi says it's not to embarrass his brothers. He doesn't want them to see his brothers in a state of embarrassment before they can regain composure. Ramban says perhaps another two options, and that is, is that there were Egyptians around him, among his courtiers, who were very taken by the claims that he had made. And they say to him, wow, they were starting to say to Yosef, you should really have mercy on this young boy. How could you possibly do this to this poor Canaanite or really Hebrew man by breaking his heart, by taking his son? So Yosef had to send them out. Another possibility the Ramban says is, is that he didn't want the Egyptians to hear about the sale of Yosef because remember he's going to suggest that his brothers come down to Egypt, and that means to say they're going to become Egyptian citizens. Well, if the Egyptians say that these are, this is what the way that the Hebrews behave they sell their own family down the river, they're not going to want to have them as citizens. They won't pass pass the naturalization test. So that's why Yosef sends them out as well. Now, when it comes to the, the to the the revelation of Yosef, there's a couple of very basic questions, and that is is that the, the number, one, number, number one question is, is, is the, he, why is he asking about his father? Why is he saying, oh, of Ichai, Is my father still around? Of course his father's still around. They've been talking about his father all the time. Every conversation that had, he was asked about their father. And they responded. Um, also, it doesn't, it, 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 it doesn't sound like it's a question time. Like, why is he asking a question? This should really be a time of revelation. He's making a statement. So why does he need the question as part of that statement? So there are two possibilities, many possibilities. We're going to focus on two today. One is that of the Ksav HaKabba, Rabbi Akotsi Mecklenburg, who points out that he actually didn't trust them. Perhaps because they had sold him down to Egypt, he felt that perhaps they were lying about their father in the same way they lied about him to their father as well. And therefore what he's asking is, is after all of this and all and you're using your father and here's the reason why I should have pity and take this child back. Well, why? why? Why should I believe you? Why? Why are you really serious about this? Because how am I supposed to know that this is really actually true? Um, this the, the way Rab- Baruch Alevi Epstein in the Torah Tamimah says in in his footnotes over here on in the Torah Tamimah, he points out that they, they display they're willing to lie about the sale that Yosef had died. So he says, I'm Yosef, I'm alive. Is my father still alive? Are you are you still lying about that as well? So it's very much commensurate to the way they acted with him. However, there's a much deeper explanation as well, which is found in the, 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 the Midrash Bereshus Rabbah, which says the following. It says, Our Bardlo used to say, yom hadin, yom ta- 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 Woe to us upon the day of judgment, woe to us upon the day of rebuke, when he referred to this. What does that mean? Why is this? Ta- 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 ra- means rebuke is when you're being, um, when you're being um, rebuked, when you're being addressed, and you're being admonished, but Yosef isn't admonishing them. Where's the admonishing over here? So then it says, this very very famous idea, is that according to your logic, you just told me Yehuda that there's no way you could possibly put your father through such sorrow. There's no way you could break your father's heart, heart by taking away the child of his beloved wife Rachel. There's no way you could ever do such a terrible crime to him. Well, I am Yosef your brother. Is my father still alive? Do you think about that when you sold me? Did that make a difference to you? Your this whole claim about you care so much about our father because of what you do to the, to the children, what you wouldn't do. Well, I'm your safe, and my father survived that, so your claim falls flat. And in a certain sense, if you think about it, what is essentially saying to them is, your actions have undermined your claim. Don't make you yourselves into this moral. Uh, um, knight of in shining armor to try to defend your father when you didn't care about that the first time around as well. And that's in fact where Ralph Waldo Emerson used to say, your actions speak so loudly I cannot hear what you're saying. And That's what he's also saying to them. Your actions of selling me overshadow the excuses you make or rationale you make for the reason why it is that you can't get go back without Binyamin as well. And if you think about the, the, the word to the day of judgment. The day of judgment means to say is that in the end of the days when we come in front of our Kodosh Baruch Hu, we're not going to be defending ourselves against external claims. We're going to have to defend ourselves against our own internal logic and actions. When our lives are inconsistent and we're going to be compared to ourselves, not our neighbors, not our friends, but ourselves. And if we don't hold up, if we don't hold the water then then we're in deep danger. Finally, one last point over here which is worthwhile noting is that Yosef is able to do a remarkable thing over here, is that he's able to shift outwards. He says to them, you may think that this was a a spat between brothers and you sold me and I feel angry, but the way I look at it is in fact there was a divine plan unfolding over here. What Yosef is doing is he's actually addressing one of the great theological questions philosophical questions of the ages and that is is, how is it that if Hashem has a plan, human beings have a, a, are able to um, act. Yechezkel talks about this and Yechezkel talks, uh, has, in and Gimel, Pasuk Vav, talks about a gate a, a watcher, a gatekeeper of a village who falls asleep on the job. He's busy checking his Twitter feed, he's busy doing other important things on social media and so he misses a call. He does not press the alarm. In those days I was blowing the horn so people would know. A, 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 ran, a raiding band of bandits come to the city and somebody is killed in in this raid, so the Rihekel says that ultimately the person who 's negligent is going to be responsible but I, but the person who died. Was uh, w- w- was responsible for their own death, meaning Hashem has a cheshbon with the, uh, a calculation as to who the person died, and that that was their own, you know, that that was their own responsibility. But the person who facilitated that, who became the vehicle to that, will bear responsibility for that. Which means both human choice and divine plan converge. The way the Imuna Sadeos or Af-Sad-Yugon explains it is that death is the department of God and murder is the department of human beings. That means to say that the outcome is God's department, the action or the vehicle or the direction in that way is the department of what human beings have to choose. And in fact that's what Yosef is saying, is that Hashem had a plan over here. Now you made very bad and ill decisions and you're going to have to deal with that and the brothers will have to deal with that. I'm historically speaking, they will have to deal with this. The guilt's not going to just go away. But in the end of the day, I've released myself, says Yosef, from the blame of it because I understand that I'm part of a bigger picture and I'm able to see part of that bigger picture. Why? Because the world is thriving and people can still eat because of me, because oh, you put me in this position, which is a remarkable thing to say as well. In fact, even this perspective, Yosef is still missing the full picture. And that is, as we learned before in Pashas Vayeshev, when Yaakov sent Yosef from Me'emek Chiron, the Valley of Hebron the valley of Chevron is is, is ir, ir, not a correct per perspective because Chevron is a hill. So Rashi explains over there that it's Me'emek Chevron from the valley or those who are buried deep under Chevron, And that's what the Brisbane Abbasarim given to Avra Avinu because the beginning of the Brisbane Avsarim is already being fulfilled. So Yosef saw one plane in history. but There are multiple planes in history over here in understanding the depth of what was really going on with us. We close the second. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.